0: Friends, welcome to Sleepwalker Waking Up Now. I'm Suzanne Klune. This is episode ten of the Sleepwalker podcast. This episode is called "Wait for It." In today's episode, we're going to talk more about Holy Spirit and His power, and about His power, how to get it, and what to do with it, because we want to do great and awesome things for Jesus, right? Yes, we want Holy Spirit's power to do that. And if you are thinking, wait, is that okay to say that? The answer is yes. You may be wondering if this episode is about getting power and doing stuff, why is this episode called Wait For It? You'll see. As we start out, listen to Luke's words in the first chapter of the book of Acts, beginning with the first verse, and I'll read this from the New Living Translation. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. That was verses one through nine in Acts chapter one. In that passage, Jesus says to stay and wait, and then also to go. A lot of times when we listen to Jesus's commissioning, all we hear is go, action, go, go, go and do. And so we go And we do, but here Jesus is saying to wait first. Well, wait for what? Wait for Holy Spirit. It leads me to a question that I have, which is, as Christians, we like to accomplish a lot in the name of Jesus. It's kind of what we do, or it's what we're supposed to do. The question is, are we doing it with Holy Spirit? Think about this for yourself. In the things that you are doing in the name of Jesus, are you doing them with Holy Spirit? Sit with that question for a little while. Is that question uncomfortable? Maybe you've never thought about it that way before. Start thinking about it that way now. What are you doing with Holy Spirit? What's happening in your home life? What's happening with your family? What's happening in your neighborhood, with your friends, with your coworkers, in your church, in your larger community? It would be easy to say, well, Suzanne, It's understood that if I'm doing something, anything, people know I'm a Christian, of course I'm doing it in the name of Jesus, I'm doing it with my church, so of course I'm doing it for Jesus. But that's not the question. It's easy to switch over to an answer that includes doing for Jesus whenever the conversation veers towards the topic of walking out relationship with God. In the same way, Bible reading and Bible study were never meant to be the sum total of how we express our relationship with God. And side note, yes, read your Bible. Just don't have a relationship with it. Have a relationship with the one who wrote it. This topic is going to be a future episode. Listen to this question again What are you doing with Holy Spirit? Something to think about. Are you believing that the God of the universe wants to do things in your life with you? That he wants to give you specific dreams, hopes, and plans, and a way of walking through them with him. If you aren't believing that, it's time to believe that. We need to stop being so concerned about how we look, about our position in the community, about how we'll look if we begin to talk about Jesus, about how we'll look if we ask a person if we can pray for them, and we begin to share information that we're hearing from God for that person. Allow yourself to be uncomfortable. That's not something we're used to hearing. That's not the advice that we're normally told, but be uncomfortable. Get comfortable with the idea and with the practice of being uncomfortable. It's a lot more fun. It really is. The person of the Trinity that we talk about the least in most North American churches is the Holy Spirit, which in a way is funny because we all seem to want to do huge things for Jesus, We want to impact culture. We want to reshape relationships to mirror the wholeness that only Jesus can bring. We want to introduce Jesus to a world that really needs to know him. Look at any mission statement of almost any church. Most will say something like that. Well, the reason it's funny is because we can't do that on our own. Sure, people have better personalities, some people, than others. Some people maybe have the ability to influence people more than others. But we can't do any of that without Holy Spirit, because we're living in this post-Jesus-goes-up-to-heaven-and-is-seated-at-the-right-hand-of-the-Father time period. And during this time period, because we're still in it, Holy Spirit was always the plan A, as we talked about last week, for right now. He was the plan A in the early church, and he's still the plan A now. Choose the plan A! If you have ever treated Holy Spirit like the extra coleslaw that comes on your plate in a diner, you know, you stare at it and you wonder what to do with it, came with your cheeseburger, do you eat it, do you look at it, what, because you're not even sure if you'd like it. Well, consider yourself informed to no longer do that. He's not the coleslaw, which, by the way, I don't care what you say, coleslaw is delicious. He's who we want, even if we don't know it, even if we are only learning now more about him holy spirit is who we get to enjoy we get to be in his presence now on this side of heaven that's the plan a that's the father's plan a think about that when i began to think about that for myself what i realized is that's the plan a i want of course i want that plan a even if i'm a little uncomfortable with it because i don't know holy spirit well or I didn't at the time, I'm continuing to get to know him and we can continue to get to know him every day. And even if that wasn't a teaching that I was raised with, I am no longer living uninformed. So yes, I want the plan A and I want you to want it too. We want to talk to Holy Spirit and talk about Holy Spirit to others. And I know we've been talking about that in a number of episodes. I will say again It's time to stop letting fear or the enemy or other people's expectations to continue to be the glue that keeps our mouths shut. Words are important. In general, how we talk about Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit is important. We need to talk about God by name. Talk about Father God or call him Papa or Dad or Abba or Daddy or Daddy God. You get the idea. Call him that when you are talking to him and start getting comfortable with talking about him to others, calling him by name. And likewise, say the name Jesus and the name Holy Spirit. As we've talked before, nowadays, literally everyone talks about God. And many say the name God in conversation. Even the title Lord A lot of people who don't mean what you mean when you say it use that title. So we might talk about the Lord said this, the Lord said that, and we talk about that in our churches, we talk about that in our communities, we might say, oh, well, the Lord wanted me to blah, blah, blah. The problem is, is that we think that the Christians are the ones who have the lock on that title, and that when we say it, it's going to be understood exactly who we are speaking of. Problem is, is that many other people use that term. Hindus use that term often. And if you're speaking to someone who is part of the Hindu religion and they are speaking of the Lord, a Christian would listen to that and say, Oh, they're talking about Jesus or they're talking about the Father. They're not referring to the Father. They're not referring to Jesus. The mistake can be thinking that we're hearing something and we're wanting to hear what we're wanting to hear. The more specific we are in our speech, the better. The more people who are listening to us understand who we are talking about the better the clearer we are the easier that we are to understand the easier it is to share jesus when in doubt in your conversations be specific and keep it simple we've talked before about keeping out the church words and i want to tell you that can be really hard if you are listening to me and you are someone who has been a part of a church community For years or for your whole life, there's a language that we speak and we don't even realize. We become so used to hearing those words that we don't even realize that someone else who is not part of our community may not understand that. And so we really want to just stick to the simple words. There'll never be a problem if you stick to the simple words. And that goes for almost any topic, but especially when we're talking about our relationship with Father God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, when we're talking about the relationship, it's then, I'm laughing as I think about this, because I've done this myself, where I feel like I lapse into a walking version of the King James Bible using really old tenses of English verbs and things like that. And later I'm thinking, who talks like that? Who says we're going to, you know, worketh together? And there's different words like fellowship's a great word, but other people who have yet to meet Jesus and yet to understand that they're invited into relationship with the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, most people don't use the term fellowship in their, in their everyday life, just saying. So for this conversation, let's get specific about how words are important. We don't tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask him to fill us, to overwhelm us, and to completely cover us with his presence. When we talk about plugging in or tapping in, or anything similar to that, even with the best of intentions trying to use words that we think will connect with people who don't know church language, we're still using words that aren't connecting. Or worse, we're misconnecting, giving someone an incorrect understanding. Yes, someone may understand what it means to tap into something or to plug in, but that's the wrong analogy to use when talking about Holy Spirit. Does it sound more up-to-date, more hip? It's more modern to say, tap in, than to talk about getting baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, but they're still the wrong words to use. As we've talked before in an earlier episode, once upon a time, as in during the time of the early church, the word baptized was a commercial word. It would be a while until it would become a full on church word. If a person used that word, the listener understood that the speaker was talking about something or someone being completely submerged, saturated, soaked through and through. Can you see an image of that in your head? Imagine a ship going underneath the water, sinking. Think about that image. Imagine you taking something and placing it completely, holding down completely under the water. So not part of it sticking out, it's completely submerged. Can you see that? Okay, now think of a picture of something getting plugged in. Think of a toaster plug getting plugged into the wall. It's a very different picture. The word baptize and its non-churchy definition brings to mind something or even someone placed into something that saturates and soaks them through and through. Sometimes today we use the term waterlogged to mean what people 2000 years ago meant with the word baptize. Now think about this. When I'm submerged, saturated and soaked through and through, I am being placed into something greater than myself. When you are submerged, when you are saturated through and through and soaked you have been placed into something greater than yourself. It might sound more electric to modern listeners to be tapped into power, but it also implies more control on our part. Like a light switch, we can turn it off and on at any time. And we like to talk in a lot in our culture about unplugging, relaxing, and taking time for ourselves. And that common analogy should be reason enough to never use this visual when explaining everything Holy Spirit has for us. If we can turn it on, We can control the turning it off, as in all of the control is in our hands, or most of the control is in our hands. If you walk that visual out further, it would be like saying, I have complete control over someone that it would be impossible to have control over. And I say someone with a capital S, a specific someone. That's not the visual that God gives us in his word. Saturated may not sound as powerful or electric as getting plugged in. Saturated is what our Father wants us to be with Holy Spirit. When we're saturated, we're not the one in control. He is. When you're saturated, you don't come out of the water and you're just bone dry again. You're changed, you're altered, and for the better. Personally, I don't wanna be plugged into God. I wanna be all in. And even if I don't know exactly ahead of time what that is gonna look like, I'm okay with that. And I can be uncomfortable with that, and you can too. Maybe you haven't thought about it this way before now. That's okay. Start thinking about it now. Think about it this way with Jesus. When Paul talks about how we are seated in Christ in Ephesians 2, 6, it's the same kind of imagery. For we are raised from the dead along with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. We have union with Jesus. We are in Jesus. We are, as other verses talk about when Paul writes, we are hidden with Christ in God. So when Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, it's the same kind of thing. He says, wait to receive the baptism. Wait to be overwhelmed and submerged by Holy Spirit. He doesn't say wait to get plugged into the power. That's our modern misunderstanding. He says, wait for the baptism. Wait and get submerged. Consider the power he is promising with Holy Spirit in being soaked through and through with Holy Spirit. That's powerful a lot more powerful than getting plugged in. And I spend time on that to say, think about Jesus's words. Think about what he's saying when he's saying the baptism and promising, wait for it, this is a gift, and wait to receive it before you go. In the process of being baptized and being submerged, there's a lot of release of giving over and giving up control. And by giving up control in that act of saying yes to Jesus, because you can trust him, you can trust Holy Spirit, you come into agreement with the Father and it's saying, in the act of of submitting to that, you're saying, yes, saturate me with Holy Spirit. Let me experience everything you have promised with Holy Spirit. He is God with us. Think about this visual. It's really important for a long-term understanding of Jesus' promise to us about Holy Spirit. You plunge into the water. The water rushes over you. Now think about this. Do you control the water covering you while you're underwater? No, you don't control the water. It's out of your control. Now think about it this way. Would you want abilities that only extended as far as your mind could conceive them and your will could control them? If you've been trying to do life without Holy Spirit and every good thing he brings, that's what you've been doing. Now, if you've been doing that, And maybe you didn't know you were doing that because maybe you didn't understand the fullness of who God says he is as Holy Spirit. But as you're learning now, let this be a time where your relationship changes now. It's time for something new. So give in. I know that may sound odd. We're always taught to resist, to never give up. I think of Winston Churchill's famous quote about never, never giving up. But in this case, it's wrong. Give in the way you were intended to and then receive. Receive power to accomplish all of the amazing dreams for Jesus that Holy Spirit lays on your heart to do with him. Receive power to do the impossible by being submerged in Holy Spirit. And spoiler, it's never your power, it's never my power. It's never my gift, it's never your gift. It's his. In ways almost too amazing for words, Holy Spirit wants to partner with you and do things in and through you that you could only dream about. This whole idea is something I love to think about. When I'm not working on this podcast or hanging out with my husband and children, I work in my fiber art studio weaving cloth. I have a lot of time to think. This is one of my favorite things to think about, who Holy Spirit is and how I get to have a relationship with him, how I'm invited by Jesus and Father God to be totally drenched in Holy Spirit, that he wants to participate in every part of my life And he wants me to participate with him to show the love of Jesus to a world that needs him. I can ask him to give me pictures of what that looks like. And I do. And it's awesome. I like how my head hurts when I try to wrap my head around thinking about how much God loves me. Not just like saying it, but really starting to think about the God of the universe loves me. He calls me his child and he wants me to make his love real for the people around me. And he wants you to do that too. By the way, you have more time to think about the awesome God stuff too. Look for that time in your day. It's there. Holy Spirit wants to share the same dreams and plans with you. He wants your head to hurt in a good way too. Let's do a short recap of what we've been talking about because right now you might be wondering, okay, just give it to me straight. What's the secret recipe for power? Here it is. Wait for it. Don't do whatever it is you plan to do without Holy Spirit. Jesus said to wait. So wait. You can ask Jesus right now to saturate you with Holy Spirit. Or I'll use the word baptized since I know that you really understand what that word means. Don't go. Wherever your go is, and your go may be different from my go in terms of the world that you're living in and the world that I'm living in and the people I'm called to and the people you're called to, wherever your go is... Don't go until you are saturated. That's not a reason to put off doing things. Do the things in partnership with Holy Spirit for the glory of Jesus. And do that first. Wait first. Get saturated first. Maybe you are listening to this and you've been going with Jesus for a very long time. And you are now only recently learning more about Holy Spirit and all of Jesus' promises to us about him. And you're thinking... Is it real? Is it for me? Is he real? Is he for me? It's awesome. It's not too late. It's great. Wait for it. And by waiting today, that means stop now. Ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Receive him in faith. In the same way you were submerged when you got baptized or dunked, as my kids have called it, with water baptism, ask Jesus to submerge you so you come out Soaking wet. This is fun. This is exciting. Every time we go into a new area of relationship with God, it's exciting. Is it unknown? For us, but not for God. And remember, we can trust Him. When Jesus said, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised, as I told you before, that same weight applies to us today. Receive your dad's gift that He promised, the gift that Jesus told us about the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit isn't something we plug into. He's someone we are filled with and are changed by. In the next episode, we're going to pick up more of this conversation to talk about the what happens next. And actually, that's literally what I'm calling next week's episode, What Happens Next. And until then, I'd like you to do an assignment this week. Remember the question that I asked in the beginning of this episode? It was, what are we doing with Holy Spirit. This week, today, in fact, begin a conversation with Holy Spirit. Consider this life work because it's practical and designed for your life. You want to ask Him, Holy Spirit, what are things that we do together right now? And ask Him, would He show you pictures and words and ideas? And would He cause you to remember things? And when pictures, words, ideas, or feelings come into your mind, Don't write it off. Don't say, oh, that's so coincidental. Remember, you're having a conversation with the God who knows you. He's living, Holy Spirit is living inside of you. He loves to share with you. Every time we ask him questions, he wants to talk to you and express his great love for you. So ask him, Holy Spirit, what are we doing together? And then ask him this, what are some things that you would like to do with me? Another way to think about that is Holy Spirit, I want to be bold and I want to talk about Jesus and I want to share Jesus to everyone in my world. I would love to hear how you want to do that. Would you give me a great idea? Would you show me a plan? Would you show me how I should go? And here's another question. Holy Spirit, what have I been doing on my own that I should start doing with you? And this may be things that you've been doing for years, This may be things that you have been doing for Jesus, but in your own strength and your own power. And it's time to stop doing that, not to stop sharing and not to stop what we're doing, but it's time to start doing everything that we're doing. The go was always meant to be with Holy Spirit. When Jesus said go, it was never go in your own power, go in your own strength, go with everything that you've memorized or intellectually learned so far. And those are all great things, but go with Holy Spirit. He was always and is still the plan A. So as you're asking these questions and as you're having this conversation with Holy Spirit, pay attention to what comes to mind for you. Write it down and then put it into practice. If Holy Spirit gives you an amazing idea to reach out and love to a neighbor that you don't know very well, do it. Put it into practice with Holy Spirit. Let me know how it goes. I would love to hear about it. Friends, have a great day. Thanks for joining me for this episode. You can follow the podcast on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, at The Sleepwalker Podcast, on Twitter, at Sleepwalker Pod. Be sure to subscribe, and if you like what you hear, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts